0: Welcome back to the Librarian Linkover podcast. I am your host, Laureen Kennard. I'm so excited to bring you guests who highlight the wide array of skills that librarians use. My guests are changing the paradigm on how we see librarians and are helping us recognize the valuable skills that we bring to the table. Our skills are useful in any setting and my guests are proof of that. My guest today is Valerie Zarek. She's a payment integrity manager at a global insurer. She has also held roles as financial operations consultant and market research and development analyst. Valerie, welcome to the Librarian Linkover. Hey Lorreen, thanks so much for having me. Sure. Thanks
1: for doing this. So tell us about your work and what kind of projects you take on. Yeah, so currently I'm working for a health insurance company and we basically make sure that if there's a health insurance claim that comes in through the door that it gets paid appropriately. Um, I think everyone knows there's a lot of waste in healthcare a lot of times your bill can be very confusing. So we look at the payments and we just try to make sure that there's no waste or any issues going on with that claim. And ultimately the goal is to make healthcare more affordable for everyone. That's a good goal. Yeah, yeah. And I I do that. And then I have kind of a a side hustle, uh, which is podcasting. Um, I have a podcast called Family Money. It used to be called Future Proof Career. And now I'm YouTubing. It's it's a little cringy sometimes, but I'm having fun with it. You got to have a side hustle. Yeah, right. And I I know we'll talk about this later. I know a lot of librarians like wearing a lot of hats. We like... um, learning about new things. So I always find a way to do that. Me too. So what traditional, I'm using air quotes
0: on my podcast, what traditional library skills do you use in your current role?
1: Right. So traditional library skills, I would say one of the things that helped me the most was learning basic management skills. Um, So going through my master's of library and information science program, we learned, you know, how to manage the organization and that skill, no matter where you are, is critical. Um, I'd also say from library school, I learned a lot about speaking in front of people and I still get a little bit of stage fright, kind of an introvert, but um, I think that helped me a lot, just that act of getting up on stage, talking about something, conveying my message. I'd also say kind of an indirect library skill would be us librarians, we're very mission focused. You know, Mm -hmm. you you work in a library, you usually are very driven to provide materials to your, your patrons, you wanna be part of a community. And I'd say that skill of making sure that whatever you do, you're very mission centric and you remember the big picture, I'd say that was kind of one of the indirect benefits of that. I agree. I always say that I wish people would
0: fall in love with the goal, not the process. Right. Yeah. Because If you fall in love with the process, it's hard to change the process when the process needs to be
1: improved. So, like, love the goal, love the goal and the process will take care of itself. And the process might change. You know, I think that we're seeing more and more now with technology, that things are constantly changing. So if your goal is to provide materials to your patrons, like a library's goals is, um, that might look different, you know, with technology. And that's going to look different with any job that you have. So just the process of being open-minded, I think, is another important thing that we've learned as librarians. If you're hanging on to the print, you're falling behind. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we can have print,
0: but if you're hanging on to print over electronic, you're you're falling behind.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I know, like for my kids, they definitely like the print, Mm -hmm. Um, and I do like picking up books and you know having that. But so much benefit to teaching people how to use a computer and having that space and providing that internet, you know, access to the community as well. Absolutely how do your library skills and education make you a good fit in your position? Or how do you
0: add value to your organization because of your library skills and education?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I have my podcast about careers and I've seen younger people, they've cold emailed me coming out of library school and have said like, hey, I'm just graduating school. I don't, I don't currently have a library job. What do I do? I have no, no job. And it's like, well, no, like you have a bunch of skills, like there is library and information science. So capitalize on that information part of it. Um, any corporation wants you to be able to look at data, like you can really work in any field and data is the foundation of everything. In marketing, you're not, you know, let's say even like you're a social media marketer, you need to have data behind everything that you do. So leverage that and... The other thing I know, I I listened to your interview with our mutual friend, Laura, and Mm -hmm. she had mentioned integrity, you know, if you're going to put something out there, you want to make sure it's right. And us librarians, you know, we definitely want to make sure things are coming from accurate sources. And right now in the world, obviously, with like the fake news kind of drama (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. out there, that's more important than ever. Um, Being mission centric, I think there's a lot of people, I would say probably the majority who don't really understand the mission of what they're doing. Um, So that big picture thinking and just go into it that the just the process of telling a story is more important than anything. So just having that organic, open minded outlook on life and like I never really thought working in healthcare was something that I would do that just like I was a hippie like I never never (laughs) crossed my mind I still kind of am a hippie but um, just being open-minded and thinking about like different ways to use those library skills and I'd also say because the world's changing so fast which we've talked about is the soft skills you've learned in your library programs and if you've done any volunteer work customer service, how to talk to a human being, those are so important and not everybody has those skills. So dig deep and, and just sort of think outside the box and have fun with it because it's a career. It's not a religion, you know, you can change it and it's going to evolve as, as you grow. Vocational awe
0: is a whole other podcast. (laughs) Right. It's not a, yeah, it's a job,
1: you know, we love it and it's a career, but it's still our work. Right. We want to get paid for it. And it can change. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's another thing, too, is like it's okay to say you want to get paid for something. Exactly. You know, in in libraries, there's a huge benefit to volunteer work. And I think you should do that. But at some point, you also need to be like, okay, I need to pay the bills. Correct. And you mentioned um, using data in marketing. Mm -hmm. I just
0: last week, I bought a few things at Athleta and I just got an email this morning saying, you bought this. Here's some other things that will go with it. And you also bought this. So here's some things that will go with that. And I forwarded to one of my friends. I said, this is a genius use of data. Yeah. It's just set up. No one went in and did it. It's just set up. And they went in and said, these are the things you bought. Here's some other things that might
1: go with it and make it super easy to buy more things. I, I thought it was genius. Yeah, it kind of makes me think of like reader's advisory and public mm-hmm. libraries, mm-hmm. you know, what if, right. what if they did something like that? If you like this book, you may like this one. Right, exactly.
0: Another traditional library skill. If uh-huh. they have exactly. a librarian in their social media marketing, I will have to look mm-hmm. into that. They should. They should if they don't, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what suggestions can you give librarians who want to move into a position like yours? Hmm.
1: Um, I would say, okay, so I guess I'll tell the story of how I ended up here. Um, so I graduated library school, um, I interviewed for a few jobs, and it didn't really work out. Um, simultaneously, I was having some health issues, I'm fine, but I was like, concerned enough about them at the time that I needed to go get seen by a specialist. Um, and uh, I basically didn't know how to be seen. <laughs> like I uh, I was 24 at the time and I was like, okay, like I'm still under my parents' health insurance, but they're out of state and I have no idea because these specialists require in-state insurance. I don't know how to get insurance. I don't know what, how it works. I don't know what any of this stuff means. So um, sort of keeping that open-minded this about that I learned from library school is I applied for a customer service job at Um, a health insurance company that was local to where my job or where I was staying which was actually across the street from my apartment and when I interviewed they said hey like you failed the test of customer service (laughs) but you like scored really well on this other part of the test and then they created a position for me using that library background so I think that they saw I had a master's degree and that looks good no matter what, you know, you can Mm -hmm. drop off the master's degree box on your application. And, you know, if you have gotten a master's degree, no matter what it's in, you probably can write, you can communicate. um, And then if you have that information science background better, you know, that's even better. So um, they created that, you mentioned the R&D market research position and that was my first uh, real job, I would say my first corporate job. And it was very awkward. Probably most people, whatever their first corporate job is, I'm sure there were a lot, a lot of awkward parts, but um, I just like really, really tried. I, I guess I'll, I'll, just mention it, I was getting paid $50,000 and I thought I was the richest person in the world (laughs) at the time. Um, So I was like, I do not want to lose this job. Like I I absolutely have to make this work. So um, I learned SQL. um, I learned how to use SAS Enterprise Guide. I learned, um, I don't know, I guess you could call that a type of computer programming, but Um, In library school, we learned HTML back when that was the thing to make websites. And Mm -hmm. um, I feel I felt like, hey, if I could do that, then I can do this. So I just spent a lot of time after hours learning that kind of thing. And I think that the benefit to that going back to what Laura said is just that integrity of, hey, if I'm producing something, I just want to make sure it's right. So I think that really helped me with some of that detail-oriented stuff. That was really important in that environment. Great, very important. Yeah. I worked for a health insurance company before I went
0: to grad school. And understanding health insurance, how it works is a very useful skill to have. But what drew you to that field? Other than that was the job they they gave you right when you needed one. Yeah, right. Why did you stay
1: in the field? Right. It was the fact of the learning. Um, The learning was really important of how to use it. And then also just that overall mission, like what can I do to change this? Because this is way too complicated. What is this member experience? Would I want my grandmother getting this letter that we're sending? No, like I want to improve things. And I know that oftentimes my impact is small, but I work for a large company. So one small decision can make an impact. So Mm -hmm. I do feel like I can be very Polly Pollyanna ish, you know, I can be an overly optimistic kind of person. Um, and i probably actually a lot of us librarians are, you know, we wanna change the world. We want mm-hmm. to um, provide access to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think healthcare is one of the most basic rights out there. So that's what drives me. When you've managed people, what kind of manager are you? <laughs> I'm, I try to be, a data centric manager, as much as you can do that, um, you know, like if you're managing somebody and they want to move up to this other role, okay, great. So what do you need to move to to do to move up to that role? Let's look at the job description. Let's write out a plan, you know, so the more detailed that you can be about that, I think the better, just, you know, to try to be fair. Um, I think that's the best way to do it. And then also I like, watching people grow and mm-hmm. putting them in a situation that maybe they wouldn't have had exposure to otherwise. Cause I know I've had managers do the same for me is letting me sit in rooms with executives, you know, like my first job when I was an awkward hippie, <laughs> you know, my boss put me in some of the rooms and I really appreciate that today, learning how to speak to people, learning how to present, um, learning how to summarize something that can be kind of challenging for us librarians who like to get into the details. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just kind of exposure, I think is really important too.
0: I always say when, how you reward employees is by giving them more work mm-hmm. because really good employees want to learn more and they want to do more. And it's a, it's a win-win for everyone because more work's getting done that maybe no there wasn't anyone to do and they want to learn something new. So let's, uh, let's help them out and let them learn more stuff.
1: Yeah. And if they're a good employee, they want to make an impact too. Mm-hmm. And you can right. tell when you manage someone why they're there, you know, do right. they under, do they really get it? Do they care to get it? Um, right. And then for those who do care, helping set them up for growth.
0: Right. For librarians who work with budgets or want to move into a position with budget responsibility,
1: what suggestions can you give us on managing a budget? <laughs> um, I like to be... Um, I guess, you know, in any role you manage budgets, that's just gonna be the, the truth no matter where you go. Um, I like to be more conservative with budgeting. I don't know if that's really what you're looking for, but you always, like things cost more than you expect and things always take more time than you expect. So mm-hmm. budget, like I know if it's a technical project, assume it's gonna be, it could be up to two times to three times as much as what you think it's gonna be. So build in some kind of buffer. Good idea. What kind of goals do you have in your current position? Yeah, so my overall goal is just to be more impactful at this time. Um, So, through my role at work, what can I do to make the healthcare more affordable? Um, Right now, I know with the pandemic, everything is super expensive. So, I'm really worried about that. Um, And then in my side hustle, I like to bring budget tips to people, I like to bring career tips. Um, I specifically like talking to women who are in a family and trying to like show them, hey, this is how you could make a budget meal. These are tips at Dollar Tree. Here's some beauty tips for you. So um, my goal there is to grow that audience as well.
0: That's the fun part is growing the audience.
1: Yeah, right. And it's not an easy part
0: either. It's not. It's really not. That's why you have to enjoy doing it Yeah. And I've noticed I don't do it to see all my numbers going up all the time. It's fun when they do, but they go up incrementally and it's interesting to look back and go, wow,
1: they're so much higher than they were three months ago or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Growth is always good. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you could get very data centric in that too. Like what episodes do people like the most do that? I've heard tips, like figure out what they like, what your audience likes and do that every day, you know, just like go crazy with it.
0: Right. And I think I ask sort of the same questions to everyone and I mean I I do you know I customize it for each guest but there's a core set that I ask everyone so it's interesting to see no matter what you're looking for you're going to get something out of every interview yeah because everybody like librarian skills are librarian skills no matter where we're doing them Mm -hmm. so everybody's doing different things but we're all pretty much using the same skills it's interesting to see the how similar some of the answers are, and other answers are completely different, but it just depends what you're doing, what you're doing in your role.
1: I think what's probably the most consistent is librarians tend to be very willing to learn, and Mm -hmm. librarians have a wide set of interests, and that's going to benefit you no Mm -hmm. matter where you go.
0: Mm -hmm. What professional associations are you in, or which ones have you
1: found most useful? Oh, I'm not in very many. I'm in um, a local women's entrepreneurship group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in, it's called the Doyen Group here in Wisconsin. Um, I'm in a subrogation group for health insurance. It's kind of a nuanced niche group uh, called NASP. It's a National Association of Subrogation Professionals. Um, but yeah, that's it at this time. I'm. I do some, I'm part of some online like, mastermind groups, like I'm in a marketing group, um, which is fun. Why did you go to library school? And based on your career so far, does that reasoning still hold? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I went to library school. Well, I graduated college in 2008. So during the recession, and Mm -hmm. um, I had an art degree. So it was kind of like, uh, like, it's really hard to make a living as an artist. And So I was like, I've always loved libraries. I volunteered at our public library um, and decided like, this is the path I want to go. Like the libraries made such an impact for me growing up. Um, I grew up in a household where we didn't have a lot of resources. So that always provided um, sort of a place where I could get, you know, whatever book I wanted, which was such a nice thing. Um, So... Yeah, so I guess from that point, I decided just to go to library school. And I also just was kind of looking for an adventure too. (laughs) I know that that doesn't sound like very adventurous, maybe to some people, but I applied to programs all around the country. And I was from a, a town, a small town in Illinois and moved to Southern Mississippi all by myself, which was pretty exciting for me at age 24. That was a big move. So was a big move. Um, yeah, yeah. So I moved there got to learn more about the culture and the Deep South. Um, I married my husband while I was there. So um, I would say my overall mission at the time was to sort of do the same thing as, as to what people did for me in the library environment is to provide those resources um, for underprivileged children and underprivileged communities. And two, I love community building. So that kind of comes in with my podcasting as well and my YouTube channel. Uh, and I also obviously love the mission of, of serving. So that comes into play with my healthcare background. Libraries are an adventure, aren't they? <laughs> they are. And I think that there is that sort of stigma about libraries being boring and you have to be introverted. And I think we all know if you're listening to that podcast, this podcast, that that's not <laughs> the case. No.
0: Hopefully uh, people are learning from this podcast, a lot of things, and that's one of them. Don't believe that old
1: stereotype. Yes. I know when I was going through library school, it was the, the talk was librarians have tattoos now. We're cool. <laughs> and I know we've gone way beyond that at this point of thinking that tattoos are the only sign of, of being forward thinking.
0: Tattoos and piercings were a thing uh-huh. when I was
1: getting out of library school. Yeah. It's
0: like, it's okay.
1: Tattoos, yeah, it's okay. okay. You, you don't have to look a certain way, and that <laughs> no. is totally fine. And that's true no matter what field you're in. I even see in um, the corporate world now a lot of people, you know, are starting to have tattoos, mm-hmm. and that formal dress is sort of going away. So the times are changing, Lorraine. They sure are. <laughs> Finally. I know. I totally hear you. Cause I, I wore a suit for a long time um, going into my corporate jobs, and that's not fun, especially in the South. It's hot. I remember living for Casual
0: Friday. Uh huh. Once a month, we got to wear jeans on a Friday, and it was everything.
1: Uh huh. Have you seen? (laughs) Do you watch The Office? I do. I did when it was on. Yeah, that episode where Michael Scott wears jeans and he does the jeans dance. Yes. (laughs) You know, it's so small but so big. But it really is.
0: Uh huh. It really is. Well, where can we find your podcast on social media?
1: Yeah. Where can we find your podcast? Yeah. My podcast is called family money now. Um, It used to be called future proof career. So I can give you that link if it's tricky to find. Yeah. I Um, will um, put it in the show notes if you want to send it to me. Perfect. Yeah. And then that's the same name for my YouTube channel too.
0: Okay. That's exciting. They have a YouTube channel.
1: It is exciting, but I'm, I'm still getting used to the showing my face part of it. (laughs) It's not always a pretty site, but
0: we're working (laughs) through it. (laughs) Well, thanks for doing this. This has been really good.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Lorraine. Thanks for having me. I, I love the work you're doing here. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Thank you to Valerie Zarek for being my guest today in the Librarian Linkover. We're at 40 episodes of this podcast. My guests and I have created a terrific catalog of interviews for librarians, as well as people outside of libraries, to use to recognize the respect that our skills deserve. Feedback I've received indicates that the content my guests and I have been providing are helping librarians find new ways to frame what we do whether we work in libraries our leading library organizations or in industry. Thank you for staying with the library and link over. Thank you for following on social media and on my website. And thank you so much for listening.